across it in, looking for Garza, backside and in for the first goal in Atlanta United history from Yamil Assad. Take a look at history. Hi, all five strike final. Jason Jones from the Mothership and Dirty South Soccer and some other places as well. Joe Patrick from 92.9 The Game, DSS, The Mothership Sometimes, and other places sometimes as well, is over there. A lot closer than me normal, but still over there. Say hey, Joe. Yeah, Atlanta resident J.S.M. Jones. Yeah, ITP, Welcome. finally. It feels weird. We're probably not bringing the same energy that we brought the first time we did this when we were actually <laughs> back. We were like, we back, we back. We were like so excited about it. And then that recording was lost to yeah. eternal and flames. We- and we immediately settled right back into ennui and mediocrity, just just right to it, which is, you know, on par for the hellscape we currently live in. But we're going to do a positive show. We're going to do a positive show to distract you from the hellscape we currently live in um, by talking about the hellscape we currently... Yeah. Okay, <laughs> right, so yeah, wait, yeah. no, this may not actually be that positive. Um, but <laughs> what, what else have you come to expect from your friends at Five Strike Final? Look, we're glad to be back, honestly. Um, and it's weird that we are kind of in a place where we feel like we can at least talk about something, you know? Because uh, it's almost yeah. been been two months you know um there was there was a while there where like it was real dry in terms of news or anything you know it was just the only thing that was coming out was the training moratorium extensions which were like (laughs) like twisting the knife every time every time you knew it was coming but still it was just like ugh. It's like you almost wish they like wouldn't put a date on the things and just be like, just tell me when it's back. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Why why are we setting our hopes at, at any level, you know? Um, but of course he's probably know at this point that players are training by themselves. They're still putting moratoriums on the group training. Uh, and so maybe we'll get back to that soon. We still don't quite know exactly what the plan is though. And again, it's been, it's been a while since we've really had anything to talk about, but they're at least training in some capacity. Yeah. And it would have been probably responsible of me to research this before we started this, but I think <laughs> most teams are now doing the the individual training i'm not sure i don't think the new york teams are but i think that the the pacific northwest teams i think recently just started they were kind of one of the ones with like a you know longer governmental shutdown that didn't allow them to do that kind of thing so but i think they're actually able to get it back out now and i think that like in every state in the country every state in the country is now like partially reopened so um that's good that like well, it's good for sports, at least, that, like, the states, local governments are getting on the same line, because, I mean, we'll talk about this, but I think that that's one of the big issues for MLS right now, is the fact that there's all these different rules in different states, and I think that that's why mm-hmm. we're seeing this Orlando proposal, because it's like, at least you just have one place where there's one set of rules. Um, <laughs> and a state that's very, very open to <laughs> yeah, yeah. having such a thing occur. <laughs> Extremely um, even. <laughs> But like the one I would, the, you know, Canada is still an issue because yeah. like they just extended the train, the uh, the travel. It's not really a ban because there is still some travel that's allowed between, but it's like for essential services. But essentially, like MLS players wouldn't be able to track back, travel back and forth across the border there. So, still some issues. I think that um, I don't know how they're going to work them out. Honestly, like we'll see. But that I think that extends through the end of June. So. I don't know how it's going to work out, honestly, is kind of the, the theme of all of this, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? 
I, there's just so, so many obstacles and it, it's not like we're in a country like Germany that handled this well from the start and, you know, had a, a population that handled things well from the start instead of, you know, going out with AR-15s for their right to go die at a Hooters. There's just different things people are fighting for and, you know, Germany was able to to hold off and band together and, you know, have a little more cooperation with those things. It's a little safer around there. there there's just a lot more obstacles here. Well, isn't it crazy to think about, do you remember when there was like uh, the crowd shaming around and I'm against the whole crowd shaming thing in general, but it was definitely worth it uh, or, or yeah, worth it for the, the St. Patrick's Day bar parties that were happening like all oh, over God. the place. In, like the <laughs> middle of March was like the worst possible time for <laughs> like mm-hmm. large gatherings and in indoor spaces. Um well, yeah, I think that was in a post a post Rudy Gobert world too, and we talked about that in the first show, yeah. our kind of first realization of what exactly was happening, and it was like an hour before that last Atlanta United game, which we had kind of forgotten or blocked out, where they got thumped by Club America down in Mexico City, uh, but like an hour before that, uh, Rudy Gobert's thing comes down, where you know the player for. I, they were in Oklahoma City. I forget. I just. I think he plays for the Jazz. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. Um, anyway, <laughs> it gets announced that I, shows how much NBA we watched. But yeah, yeah, it gets announced that you know he has it, and at that point, we all kind of knew that this was going to be a thing, right? It, it became yeah. very real in that moment, and then like 20 minutes later, Tom Hanks got it, and like <laughs> it was, dude, it was wild. We, yeah, I drank a lot that night. I remember for many uh, reasons. Yeah, so I was actually working because Atlanta United was in Mexico. I was working at the radio station that week because Mike Conti, who normally would be doing updates for 92.9, was with the team. And so I was filling in for him. And that was the week where everything kind of started going to shit. I remember the co- the conference basketball games, uh, the conference tournaments were going, and mm-hmm. those were like getting stopped mid-game. <laughs> uh, Congrats to like, the University of Georgia, by the way, for uh, having the most wins in the SEC tournament. Go Dawks. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, they were they were the only ones to to get a game the, in them in Arkansas. I think. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. yeah, there you go. Um, yeah. So just wild to see all that go down. And yeah, I remember like after the NBA thing, it's like the NBA wasn't like I don't think they canceled the season immediately. There was like some rumor that they were gonna do it without fans at the yeah. beginning, and that lasted for like a day. <laughs> Right, yeah. Before they shut it down. <laughs> and then you get the uh, the the now kind of famous reaction of Mark Cuban looking at his phone and, and saying, oh, my bleeping God, you know, and just mm-hmm. freaking out at a game um, as we all kind of start to realize kind of what this was. And now we're here. What feels like a year later, it's really only been two months or so, you know, and uh, yeah. I don't know. It's... it's there's still it's, a lot of steps left. It's a it's a unique situation. In my opinion, it's most unique because it's a situation where literally every single person in this country is going through the same thing. Like everybody's experiencing yeah. this one thing where it's not like an event you went to or like something that happened that I don't know. It's just like everybody's going through this experience. So everybody's kind of it's a good thing, I think. Like, there's some sort of communal aspect to it where, like, everybody's trying to... Like, when I go to the grocery store, I feel like people are nicer in general. Yeah. Um, more understanding of 
waiting and being more patient than they maybe normally would be, but I'm ready for it all to be over. We can all shave our beards and go back to how life used to be. Although I don't know if that will ever happen, but we'll see. Yeah, no, it's been interesting now. And I, I've said this before to you, I think, but maybe not on the show that actually got recorded. Um, you know, like I, I made friends with my neighbors back in Athens that had never, I never talked to them yeah. before, <laughs> you know, th- little things like that. I, I think we've maybe reached a, a threshold that we've crossed where some people have not been able to, uh, maintain that sense of community. <laughs> uh, but there, there are large sections of uh, people that are still you know fighting for each other and everything like that, which is good. Um, but it's interesting to me, some of that kind of gets thrown out the window to an extent with regards to sports and I'm guilty of it. I'm sure you're guilty of it on some level because we Me? No, miss never. it. Right. You never, you've never done anything. <laughs> Me definitely. Cause I'm a deeply broken person, Kidding, but, of course. um, you know, there's this kind of thing like, well, why aren't they risking their lives? You know, it, it's tough to kind of sit there and be like, Oh, well, you know, asking them to do these kind of things may be out of the realm of, of basic, empathy for people you know just because they give us a product we want they give us something to entertain Mm -hmm. us and something to distract us uh but at the same time they've never they've never asked to be sacrifices you know that's not part of the gig that's not part of being a human in general right and so until it's safe enough and controlled enough to where they're not going to be that in any kind of way it's tough to reckon with going ahead with anything honestly I mean, I agree with that. I do think that we are approaching a pretty safe environment for the players. I mean, if you look at what they're going through when they go to train, it's like, first of all, they're all showing up because they want to be there. And they, I think they agree that if if they didn't think it was a safe place, they wouldn't go. Right. Absolutely. It's all voluntary. Um, And when you see what they're doing, I mean, like, it's pretty crazy we were talking i was talking uh or anton walks was talking to the media about it last week and he was saying that like when you pull up to the security they radio in that you're coming you drive your car down you have a designated place for each person as a player has a designated place to park a staffer comes out and keeps you in the car and is like on the radio until all the other staffers can like be in place at their stations to like take care of this player and then once they get approval like they allow the player to come out the car and then they go through like all these stations of like hand washing and getting a mask and like all this stuff so for sure i mean i think we are approaching a, a much safer place but you know then you watch the bundesliga and it's like you watch the bundesliga <laughs> over the weekend it's like these guys are just all over each other you know it's like the guys on the field when they're playing soccer they're playing soccer you know they're not for sure that's the only way you can play there's only one way to play <sighs> Which, so to a point, that. I understand because you know they've been you know they, they've been tested so much at this point. It, it almost sure. seems silly for them to be even sitting apart in the stands and everything like that. Even though I think we could, for sure. if we really wanted to, we can get into the value of social signaling and everything like that, <laughs> yeah, which is yeah. a larger sociological thing, which I think is important, but at the same time looks dumb if you think about it for more than <laughs> yeah. five seconds. It but, is, but, but it's just kind of like jar. It, it was just jarring for me to see humans like being that physical and up close with each other for, sure. for the first time. Cause it's like, you haven't seen even like now when you go back and like watch movies or like watch like, you know, TV shows, you see big crowds or you see people shake hands or whatever. And you're like, you know, it, it just <laughs> almost like seems weird now. Yeah, no, it does. It does. Uh, and you know, it, in a large part, I, I think the biggest 
thing we might be asking them to do, you know, especially because a lot of these guys are not high risk, you know, uh, you can maybe look right. at some of the coaches and say that they're older and everything like that. And that's kind of a risk, but you know, in large part, I, I think that a lot of the folks are going to be safe, you know, uh, but it, you're still asking them to, to leave their families for possibly two, three months here. I, I think Brad hand said something like six months today on a conference call, which was just not right. That's just incorrect of what they'd be asking players to do you know <laughs> yeah um, i think it was six gonna... weeks but like, yeah maybe oh I, I saw i saw the quote is six months well, i don't know if that was right yeah, but, i mean he yeah. may have said six months i'm just talking about the i think the actual proposal is for a six week tournament maybe he was confused about or just right about with like a two-week training period so it'd really be about two months which i mean it's still a lot you know um i saw yeah. where mike trout uh, of major league baseball was was talking about his wife is pregnant yeah. You know, he's, he's having yeah. his first kid in a little bit. If he's isolated for however much amount of time and, and something happens with her, um, what happens then? You know, yeah. It, yeah. Uh, there's a whole lot of there's a whole lot of human questions like that that are kind of tough to answer. Um, and yeah. even tougher to answer when you get to the fact that Mike Trout is making 30 million dollars this year. <laughs> and someone right. like, I don't know, uh, Jake Mulraney is making 63,000. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thousand it's a different yeah. ask <laughs> <laughs> right for sure and like i thought um Stan- sam stage wrote something for the athletic uh about this last week and i thought it really was quite illuminating the fact that mls a lot of the players are you know foreign uh, national internationals who don't you know their families aren't as settled as like yours or uh or mine would be or you know Mm -hmm. it's not like they can get around a lot of people like they come and they don't have driver's licenses you know like they can't just like drive to the grocery store necessarily um so that just there's a lot of obstacles for mls when it comes to like taking a player away from the family unit for that long a time yeah absolutely absolutely and i don't want to get anyone to get really confused with what we're saying here we're not like advocating for everything to go back to being you know completely shut down and everything like that it's probably just not feasible oh, at this point you know I'm but the opposite i think they need to expand and do more of like a rate how a regular season would go but just do it in empty venues like to me the way i see it is like you know i've heard a lot like oh well like, you can't travel around because the flights are too expensive and i'm thinking like Flights have never been cheaper than they yeah. are right now, and I'm sure like you get get one of these airlines to like come on board and be like the official travels provider of MLS and like come up with a catchy slogan like keep M- keeping MLS running or something like that uh, for for some TV spots. Um, yeah, and, and I've read too. And I believe this was New York Times as the source on that. It, right now, planes are safe. It's the planes mm-hmm. that are, are, you know, well protected, everything that. like that. It's the it, airports. It's the airports. So yeah. I guess the question then is how do you kind of circumvent that? But, you know, if you have if you have charter flights, MLS, you know, and yeah. roll them right up to the plane like you kind of do with some other folks, you know, you're, you're going to be probably going to be all right. Um, yeah, you could you could fly into airports that don't that aren't, aren't like big international airports. You know, you could use smaller airports. That's something that yeah. Major League Baseball is. Um, going to do of course the question then becomes you know you got to think about housing too and everything like that they have to stay in hotels they have to go right. to different places um right. which is a lot which is a lot um 
So I, I don't know. I would there, there's probably I would no good answer. Think hotels would be relatively safe because people haven't been in them for so That's long. <laughs> partially true. Like get a get, get rooms that nobody has been in for a week. <laughs> where there's no virus <laughs> living inside. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I just feel like there's it, that's more feasible logistically than trying to do an Orlando thing where you've yeah. got cook, you know, wait staff, all you know, all the service staff that are involved. Are you quarantining them as well? You know, there's just like so many different things. But again, and then it comes back to the governments. It's like, can you actually even travel to New York or wherever? I mean, mm-hmm. who knows? There's still lots of questions. And I worry for MLS because, you know, I, I've been covering Major League Baseball as well for 92.9. And I just feel like with baseball, there's more of a financial incentive on both sides for a season to take place. Like, if there's no season, both sides are going to be losing a ton of money. And with MLS, it's like, yeah, how like how much would the owners lose? Like, it, it might be... I just I don't know. There might not be the same incentives there on the MLS side to actually do a season. I think they will do one, but it's just something that uh, I don't know gives me uh, gives me concern when I think about it too too hard. There's no good answer. I don't know. We're, we're, of course, everyone's still working on it. Um, we don't have the answers. They don't have the answers. Uh, no one has the answers right now, and it, it's it's frustrating. It really is, but. I don't know. There's there's a lot I think to consider. Maybe there was a rumor before the Orlando one really kind of came, became fleshed out. There was a rumor, I think from Tenorio, saying that a, a hub city system was getting tossed around, like playing in like three locations or five okay. locations. You know, you have like a West Coast, a, like a, a place on the, toward the West Coast, a place kind of in the middle of the country, and a place on the East Coast, and you kind of have three places where you can play games. That to me even seems like a better idea than trying to condense it all to Orlando. But then there, uh, Sam, Sam Stageco, I think in a different piece, made a good point where it's like, if this is where it comes to TV contracts, local TV stations like these local Fox affiliates or whatever have the broadcast rights for MLS regular season. So, does the league need to kind of like package a product like some t- some in season tournament that? makes it so that it's not the MLS regular season, it's this tournament and they can create new TV rights for it. Does that make sense? Sure. Like, so yeah. that's that would be a, a great way for ESPN to kind of get in there. And probably generate, hopefully, some of the revenue they're missing out on. Oh, tons. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, that, that's be one a... of the big questions right now. <laughs> and then there was, there was one more. Uh, I keep on thinking of these things that have been coming out over the last few days. Tenorio, I think, tweeted that um, some GMs are concerned about <laughs> the lack of quality and how that would look like without fans. Yikes. <laughs> it's kind of an indictment. It's like a self-own. Like, yeah, <laughs> our team is so A little bad. bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear God. Um, well, hey, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll keep you guys updated. We'll figure it out. Yeah, at I mean, some point. I wish we had more to discuss some about point. it, but it's so it's still all so tenuous. Baseball's a little more Absolutely, interesting right now because it's a little further along down the road. Right, exactly. Well, you know, there are a lot of people affected by it, I, and uh, you know, I'm kind of I don't really quite know what's going on with me as far as working with MLS and everything like that. I gotta we gotta figure a whole bunch of stuff out. So I don't know. I would say in your thoughts. Yeah, um, praying for you, buddy. 
when <laughs> when you, when you hear uh, when you hear Brad Guzan say something like we need to make sure no corner is left unturned or whatever like no corners are cut to me that's like hell no <laughs> when when he's talking about the yeah. Orlando proposal like the guys that's are not yeah. players are not going to come out and be like bombastic about it but I don't get yeah. the impression that many of them are uh, super thrilled about the idea. Well, and we've mentioned this too before that, you know, you, you do have plenty of time to do this, right? If you're only going to take up a two month period of the year and you're playing in the middle of central Florida anyway, why not push it back? Honestly, why not do it later in the fall when one, it'll be, you know, habitable for people to play soccer in, you know, yeah. and we may know more. We may know more. We may know more about how to handle it. We may know more about best practices. We may know more about even, you know, a possible deterrent against it. You know, it's interesting to me that there is seem, seems to be somewhat of a of a rush to get this done when I, I'm not convinced there needs to be. Yeah. Darren, which is my opinion. That has nothing no, to do Darren, with anything. I, yeah. When we've talked to Darren, he's mentioned that um, the season could extend beyond the 2020 calendar which is something i had not even considered but he was like you know yeah we're newly we can be darren's idea seems to be like there we have no restraints essentially like there's nothing we're not like the premier league where we have this promotion relegation that we have to you know uphold and that kind of confines what you can do i think Darren, and that's Mm -hmm. i think that's the right approach it's kind of like a startup approach right just like be aggressive be adaptable however you can and use it to your advantage. So, we'll see. And like he even said that like MLS will determine when the transfer window is based on like when will be when it will be most ideal for MLS teams essentially to like get deals, I think, in the in the transfer market. So that'll be interesting. A lot to consider. You guys had a lot of questions about all these things and more and we'll get to those in just a second. And before we get on with the show, I did want to just give a shout out to Lucid FC for continuing to sponsor and being a great partner for with us uh, here at Five Stripe Final and bringing this podcast to you guys. Lucid FC uh, cloth masks are now available online. The mask forms a nasal passage and complements the face contours, and it's got three layers, washable and reusable, and it looks cool. So uh, we all want to be, you know, we're all wearing masks. We might as well make them look good while we're doing it. And the coolest part about it is that the masks are $10 and for every mask that's purchased from Lucid FC, they actually donate four to hospitals and healthcare workers around the world. So it's for a good cause and you can help yourself as well. If you want to get one, just go to lucidfc.us and you can actually get free shipping. Uh, oh, and just buy anything else you want to get there too. Cause they've got some pretty cool clothes, but um, free shipping at checkout with DSS that's DSS for as in like dirty South soccer. You guys probably picked up on that. Uh, and if you don't, if you would, would want to pick it up instead of having it delivered to you, you can choose to go pick it up curbside from their studio in Buckhead. So hopefully everybody, and I would encourage you all to go do that. And uh, with that, let's get on with the show. God, I love clothes. <laughs> <laughs> same, same. Same, what, right? What would we do crazy. without them, right? We'd all be I, walking around naked, I, I don't, guess. Adam and Eve. It'd be crazy. And, uh, you know, bloggers bloggers don't need to do that. Not in any capacity. <laughs> you know, radio people, too. Face for radio and all that kind of thing. Um, podcasters, H Dadders, H Daddies, even, whatever you want to call it. Oh, God. Uh, you guys had some questions, like we mentioned. <laughs> 
<laughs> bringing it back. We, um, <laughs> you, you, you guys had some questions. Uh, we, we just threw that up on the DSS Twitter account because we still tweet from there every now and then. Uh, we still say things. There's still there's still content on DSS. I don't know if I don't think anyone really remembers anything about DSS at this point. Know, but we seriously. throw some stuff <laughs> up there every now and then, and people go, "Oh yeah, that's that's a thing." Let, I should just say I totally understand the lack, the drop of like interest in Dirty South Soccer, like as a fan to read it because I I, I don't know if I'm speaking for you, but like. There's a lack of interest in me to be writing things because it's just like when soccer is not being played, when you're in such a dry period of news, like, I don't know, what the hell do you talk about? And it doesn't, you talk it, about, it's just like not inspiring to even like want to, yeah. put in, you know, it's tough. You talk about cartoon dogs and uh, Nick DeLeon yeah. and <laughs> speech to text and other fun things. Um, he's got like maybe a hundred clicks at all. So it's okay. I'll give you credit. You've tapped into the very tiny amount of history that Atlanta United has. So kudos to you. Oh, this is what, that's the thing. Like a lot of these SB nation sites have been doing a lot of like deep dives into their teams histories. That is (laughs) something you would do during this time. And it's like, well, right. We had to compare Uh, (laughs) to the two, which was the better of the two teams that didn't win a title. So, yeah, exactly uh, oh well um it's kind of nice to be in a place where everyone remembers every single thing yeah, that's that ever is, happened with that the is, team yeah. it's it's, it's a different true. dynamic but also it kind of kills us right now <laughs> um anyway let's get to some questions um i, I like i'm gonna start with this one from pace nino because i immediately had an opinion um who's your new favorite bundesliga team and i don't know if you caught leverkusen and Werder bremen the other day but but bremen is one of the worst soccer teams i've ever seen at a top <laughs> level they were hilariously bad i mean it's one of the worst games I, worst halves i've ever seen from they, they could not string together anything that looked remotely competent and by the end of it i was just giggling at everything they did <laughs> uh, i mean passing it to no one uh running into each other to try to defend leverkusen players stuff like that um they were hilarious they made me laugh Huge, huge Bremen fan right now. Jay Sam Jones. Nice. Going to watch every game. I like that that's what enticed you in. It's like just how bad they are. That's beautiful. I, lo- I love incompetence, especially <laughs> at the highest level. That's why I like <laughs> bad movies. <laughs> because you, because especially like big budget bad movies. Oh, because yeah. you have to work so hard and so many people have to make so many bad decisions for <laughs> something that gets millions of dollars thrown at it to be bad. Yeah. And that's how I feel about Bremen. A team that's won like titles. Yeah. I kind I kind of like um honestly I kind of like Red Bull Leipzig. Oh, that's that's uh that's sacrilegious, isn't it? Well, I kind of feel like it, it, it's it's kind of like twisting the knife into like they're actually good. And mm-hmm. uh, they're they're like the fact that Red Bull had to sell their best player to the uh, to the German Red Bull for no money is uh just funny to me but they have an american player so that's that's enough to to draw me in slightly and i do like the way they play they've just got like a crazy aggressive high press love that stuff it's not fun they almost they almost choked the other day var kind of helped him out a little bit yeah Uh, but that was still fun to watch that (laughs) was bad i get the call right on the i'm not gonna get (laughs) i'm not gonna get you started on var again i thought we were done with that no i just started Uh, laughing when i when i when that happened i just started laughing it was just funny to me 
it was objectively funny. Absolutely. Uh, we have a question from Dr. Dreidel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Didn't read Great it before name. I said it. Awesome. Uh, okay. Uh, which United field player do you think would be the best emergency goalie? And I have an answer. Um, I think it would be Franco Escobar. I've kind of contended for a while now that Franco is maybe the best athlete on the team. Uh, he's a little bigger than everyone else. He's not quite as big as Miles, but I think he's got more fast twitch in him mm. than Miles. Might be able to react a little better. I think he'd do pretty well. That's well, my take. He, if I recall correctly, he was like adamant last, or not last year, but um, when Miguel Almiron was on the team, he was like adamant that he was faster than, than Miguel. <laughs> which he might have been over I, like a straight line. Yeah, yeah. Like I think that that's what it was, like basically from one end of the field to the other. Um, so, yeah. Uh, sneaky speed there from Franco, I think. Doesn't get talked about enough. I would probably take Miles, though. He's just so large. Long limbs. He's big. And he's always, Pretty it athletic. always seems like he's like, he's like great at those um, goal line, like blocking things on the goal line. Putting, getting his foot out in crazy places to stop shots and stuff as it is. So I'd probably mm. say him. I think goalkeepers are usually pretty good looking, too. Like, just in kind of a, a general rule, and Franco would definitely fill that criteria as well. That's true. It's an, it's an added bonus in his name. He's looking a little shaggier now that he hasn't gotten the haircut. It's weird seeing these <laughs> soccer players without these fresh cuts. Should we bring up... Well, first off, I need everyone to go look up Sadio Mane's haircut today because he looks like the, he looks like the most excited uncle at this cookout that you're at. Um, that's... It's great. Um, but uh, if we need to talk about... Maybe the potential. I don't, maybe they've just been bad pictures, but Remedy and Zeke looking uh, looking like the most divorced uncles at this cookout. Um, so Frank, uh, Frank is definitely going to come back in better shape than like half the team. I'm convinced. Almost definitely. Yeah, and uh, he, he's been doing keepy ups with toilet paper. And he's stuff been like eating like be. salmon and asparagus mm-hmm. dinners every night. Just like oh, you God. know, keeping his omega threes high. Uh huh. Class is permanent. Class is permanent. <laughs> did Did you see the the highlight video that the team posted uh, on Frank's birthday the other day? And it was basically just a solid two minutes of some of the best free kicks you'll ever see in your life. They were incredible. DeBoer, good soccer player. Who knew? Who knew? Pretty good. Pretty good. He was uh, uh he led the the Netherlands in caps before I think he got overtaken by Wesley Schneider. But at one point, that's crazy that at one point he was, and this is of outfield players, he was the right. most capped Dutch player. Just crazy. Um, let's see, next I'll question. Never, by the way, this reminds me of one time last year, somebody asked him what his transfer value would have been at his at its peak in the current market. And he was like, um, 60 million. <laughs> Which probably, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're one, of the, if you're like one of the, if you're top one of the top two, fullbacks, three left backs in the world, then probably, yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Um, shoot, that's insane. It's insane. Maybe too good though. Maybe too good to be a great coach. I kind of have a theory with that. Like him and Henri and like other people who you kind of have to. If you're too talented, you don't have to like think as much, right? right? Right. I don't know. That's no, probably I mean, that's that, completely dismissive of how good Henri and Frank well, DeBoer were. I mean, this but. is the whole thing we talked about last year, right? Which was like, <laughs> I've never 
uh, thought that Frank DeBoer doesn't know his tactics or like doesn't know what he's doing. Like the the issue I think with him, it's always been like how well can he actually convey the ideas to the team that are in his head? You know, like totally. How, yeah, how can he get that across to the players? That's I think the biggest challenge for him at this stage of his managerial career. Which is hard to do. Like, so if if we told you to go out and just like do a bicycle kick, you couldn't just do it. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and Frank may be wondering, hey go do this incredibly complex thing. And for him, it'd be simple, right? But, yeah. but, you know, which is a fun, like, I'm not sure how much truth is in that, but it's fun to think about. I always think about uh, Ted Williams being a terrible baseball manager because he was, he, he literally couldn't understand why people weren't hitting 405 every year. <laughs> like, what, what do you mean you can't remember every single at bat you've ever taken in your life? Uh, you know, so it's, I don't know if that's a dumb theory, but I like playing with that one too. Um, there are some very good players who are also good managers. Whatever, fine. I don't care. But um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, next, next question. Let me have my fun. Uh, this come from Christian Candler over in Nashville. Uh, which Atlanta United player would you want to be stuck in quarantine with? Um, I I had a running bit at the beginning of quarantine that Chris McCann had come over and started hanging out with me <laughs> and was like playing U two too loud and like singing a little too loudly the cranberries and making something called a uh, a flaming bono which I'm still not sure what that is but it was probably about to set the house on fire um, so that was a fun bit that only I laughed at you know, <laughs> you know he would do like wildly inappropriate activities not in like a grotesque way but just like yeah da- like wildly dangerous or something you know. Like yeah, like, like, shoot, like shooting fireworks out of the window or something. Yes, yes. So, I mean, you wake up at two o'clock and he's playing drums, and you're not sure how we got a full drum set <laughs> in there, but he's playing drums. I don't know why. Um, I've God, thought, I've thought about this question. I'd probably go with Ezekiel Barco because that guy seems to just love toys. He's got like hoverboards <laughs> and probably, oh, like every video okay. game known to man. See, you're hanging out with the rich kid in the neighborhood that, just yeah, for a second. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly I right. I'm leeching off of his fun stuff that he's got. He's got to bring it Amazing. over. Or maybe I can go quarantine in his place, but yeah. Who would By I the way, most? Speaking of Barco, that tattoo, man. What tattoo? Oh, the neck tattoo? Yeah. Is it like some birds or something? It's like a butterfly. Aww. <laughs> But it's That's typically cute. The, that the rest of the, Joe. The rest stars. of the Zetas are gonna love that. Stars would have been the more like tackier <laughs> soccer player um, yeah. thing. So I like that he's kind of express. Like it's a little more expressive with it being a, a flying. Well, butterfly. sure. It's it's really gonna help him with uh, with rush, and uh, I think I think Zetas are gonna be into that, and I think DZs may be interested as well. So good for Zeke. And we were all like uh, railing on Brian Kemp for opening up the tattoo parlors like right away when the Georgia reopening, and Zeke's out there like, sweet, <laughs> I'm going, to, <laughs> I'm going to make use of it. I need a butterfly. Um, I think an interesting I, question I, is who would we would not want to be quarantined with as well? Who would be the worst person to be quarantined with? And I fucking hundred percent. Brad is on. I'm 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 Jeff. Jeff would be tough. Jeff would be tough because be very strict. But I think Brad would be the same way. But like in a way that he'd be up at like five a.m. doing push-ups and shit and like making protein <laughs> mixes. And you'd be like, dude, I cannot handle this right now. Please stop doing what you're doing. I think we're on just the a little too high strong. Kind of yeah, the kind of personality you don't want to be stuck in the house with for two months. Well, Jeff reads books to you, which is nice. That's true. Even if they are at a first grade reading level. Um, <laughs> which is good. Which is good. 
Um, I think most. I think I, I could hang out with George. George is kind of younger and chill. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. We'd get along. Um, oh no, Jake. I'm gonna go Jake. Jake's cool. Jake's Jake's exactly my age. I think. Really? And yeah, I think so. Maybe he's like a year younger. Um, and uh, very chill. Very very funny. I'm 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 here for that. I'm here for that. If you can just understand what he's saying, is the only thing. Oh <laughs> uh, gosh, I, I'm I'm sad that we didn't get to know him better before everything kind of blew up. I know. Um, let's see. I have a, a, an immediate answer for this one. It's from Gary Thorne. Which Eastern Conference coach is most likely to take their glass of white wine with ice in it? And I knew immediately, Gary, because it's Jim Curtin. <laughs> I was going to say Caleb Porter. Ooh, that's a good one too. I think Jim has a little bit more of that vibe to him. I think you're like right. Like a really, like a really stressed uh, history teacher vibe <laughs> that really needs <laughs> some white wine with ice in it. I will say, I think Jim Curtin's uh, fashion is underrated. Quite a snappy oh, I wrote, dresser I've written about this. For how nerdy I've, of a guy he looks like. Absolutely, he had a glow up too. It, it took him some work, but he uh, he really did well. I wonder if he talked to uh, whoever. Villanova's head coaches. That dude dresses really, really well too. Um, and probably got him a tailor. They dress similarly. Jay Wright. Um, yeah. That's right. Yep. Um, so yeah, no, I've written about that before for MLS. I think. Um, I don't know why I was writing about that, but I did. I guess to defend my Porter pick, he just seems basic enough to do something like that. Um, let's see. I th- I think those are all the appropriate questions. <laughs> Uh, thanks guys <laughs> we got Gabe, we got through Gabe four there were like five <laughs> there's that one parker also helped um aaron bauer also helped um yeah uh well joe patrick asked a question who he asked who wins rena sawayama or dua lipa and the answer is actually charlie xcx so thanks for oh playing, snap you know i've been all over the rena sawayama Band, you band have, which here. is fascinating to me. I, it's it's a weird record. Go listen to it. Uh, it's very much Evanescence meets like well Charlie XCX. Honestly, I love it um, because all the Evanescence songs are like in a group right at the beginning, and then the, yeah. the album kind of like <laughs> turns into definitely more pop. But I enjoy oh, it. Man. I've always liked Evanescence. Fun fact about me. I believe it. Not their whole discography, uh, uh, but you know it's. <laughs> The hits, of course. Only the hits. Um, I will say, other music-wise, uh, go check out the new Jeff Rosenstock record that dropped today. Uh, go check out the new Idol song that dropped today. Go check out the new Phoebe Bridger song that dropped today. Go check out the new Matt Berninger song that dropped today. Lots of big music stuff going wow. on today. A lot of things. A lot of things. It's been good. It's been good. It's been, uh, it's been a good music time lately, uh, which is nice. It's much needed in all this nonsense. Um What's been your favorite distraction so far during all this? Just out of curiosity, Joe. Honestly, mine has been to read books or not nice. read them, but listen to them on Audible. Like whenever when I read book, like the thing I don't read enough, and it's because I always fall asleep. Like reading a book makes me <laughs> fall asleep. Honestly, like it's I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know if it's a Pavlovian thing or if it's um, like because I can read all day on the internet if I'm like reading short art or even like a long form article doesn't make me feel tired at all uh, I don't know if it's just between reading on a screen or what but yeah I've been listening to books and I've been like knocking them out like crazy here so I feel like it's a little bit productive I guess um, 
while I we talked about this on the on the lost tapes episode that we recorded last <laughs> week. But I literally just go outside and I just wander around listening right. to books. <laughs> <laughs> it's excellent. It's excellent. I dig. I dig. Any uh any wrecks? Any wrecks as far as those go? Um most of them are kind of political and I don't want to kind of push any of that stuff. I, okay, the one I'll recommend is called Hate Inc, which is it's about like political media. Um okay. but it's very like it's down the middle. It's critical of both kind of sides of the spectrum and I think that it's uh definitely worthwhile to kind of be cognizant of the kind of news that you are consuming. So, definitely recommend that one by Matt Taibbi. Sweet. Very, very nice. Very, very nice. Uh, I, I skimmed through, you'll be proud of me, I skimmed through uh, Inverting the Pyramid, which nice. was something. <laughs> you re- read about the uh, the Austrian guys in coffee shops talking talking tactics? Yep, I did. I did. And that, those are probably the most interesting parts of it. I, I really honestly couldn't give a shit about the WM formation and everything like that. But like the idea that um, football is very philosophical which i really really kind of dig I, I think there's this kind of inherent thing like any any style you pick or any tactics you pick in soccer are kind of based on philosophy right like uh, the general idea of philosophy is if you live this way then you will be happy and successful for these reasons right, right. um or, or maybe not you know um and that's kind of where where soccer kind of fits in if you do these kind of things you'll be happy and successful theoretically for these reasons and this shift and change and kind of depend on maybe the the zeitgeist whatever the general f- feelings of the country right mm-hmm. like you know yeah. brazil you know and their um extravagance and everything like that are, are going to play more free italians were very like paranoid that the rest of the world is out to get them so they're going to be very defensive english thought they weren't you know good enough at soccer so they just tried to bully everybody and that's where you kind of get some of their philosophies and i, I don't know that that yeah. part was interesting there's a everything reason, else there's a was reason really why these sleepy. countries play the way they do you know it's like mm-hmm. it's it, it's not just like that they happen to fall into these um these kinds of tactics there, there's like a, a deeper reason the thing about that book that kind of annoys me is that jonathan wilson gets like really into like the russian and eastern Bloc teams with like the name boy does he could drive me crazy because i'm like trying to say them in my head every time and it, yeah, it's just <laughs> annoying it's like reading uh, so if you ever read like a russian novel like if you ever read like dostoevsky or something like that it's just this endless litany of names <laughs> it's like if you read one of those chapters in the bible that's like you know joseph baguette blah 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 of this place and that kind of thing <laughs> yeah. or similarly if you ever read about any mafia people it's like joey carmoni baguette this person and they were in this family and it all kind of just blends together in this endless nonsense of of things and that was that book for me honestly (laughs) there was so much just (laughs) litany of of things at this point um but yeah no i enjoyed it now you can say you've read it but now i can say i've read it and that means i win every single argument (laughs) on soccer twitter that's the trump card and i own it now Uh, (laughs) all right anything else to add before we get out of here i think we're good sweet we're gonna try to Yes, we're going to try to do these every Wednesday yeah. um, and get a little bit more of a schedule as things kind of roll back, even if that means we're talking about nothing kind of like this. Um, hopefully, this has been a somewhat enjoyable 40 minutes of your day that you can go, okay, yeah, I can do that every kind of week and maybe we can entertain ourselves 
along the way. Uh, go follow Joe Patrick at J Patrick 200 on Twitter. Go follow Dirty South Soccer, Dirty South SOC on Twitter, and go follow me at J underscore Sam Jones on Twitter. Uh, go check out our stuff at 92 on the Gang. Go check out our stuff on the Mothership as well. I'll be doing a lot more with them, hopefully, as, as my kind of official job starts in the next couple weeks, which is cool. I um, hope you don't have to move to Orlando. Pray I hope I don't have to move to Orlando. Me too. Me too. Um, but yeah, hopefully we'll be able to kind of get me on a regular kind of thing with content with that. I have some stories up now about horses and all sorts of fun things. Go check those out. Um, and, and more coming to you soon. As soon as I uh, stop getting looped in on emails from a certain company that I will not name who I'm writing about. Um, so all I have to say, Joe, is bespoke. Bye, y'all. <laughs> See ya.